On this episode of Retire ASAP, we're going to talk about budgets and why you need one right now in all this inflation. It's time for the Retire ASAP podcast. Here's your host, Taylor Fike. Welcome to the Retire ASAP show, where our goal is to get you free from work as soon as possible. My name's Taylor Fike, and Brad Fike is here as well. What's up, Brad? Well, you know, just working the maze of the fantasy football that we talked about last time. We are going to need uh, an update because it's been week one. We had all weekend last weekend was our first weekend of fantasy football scoring. So how'd it go for you? Well, I'm trying to put the pieces back together because I got slaughtered. I'm, I I couldn't even help Your myself. wife slaughtered me. Her team I, slaughtered me. I couldn't even help but laugh when I was asking you how it's going because you were texting me all day on Sunday how angry you were because you had Joe Burrow on your team who threw like four interceptions. Four interceptions. Oh, that is not ideal for your first... Basically, the highest scoring player on your team is usually your quarterback, your running back, but when he's uh, when he's not performing at all, that is a real struggle. And I had a couple other guys. I had one guy that uh, was out for injured spittle, which is going to be one of my good players too. And then uh, <laughs> I had a couple running backs that didn't play much. And I'm like, wait a minute, what these guys? But they didn't get a lot of runs, so. Yeah. I guess they weren't getting the ball. I guess it just wasn't my week. So I, I'm very optimistic that this week I'm going to win. Well, the best news is you you can't go downhill from here, right? Yeah, I mean, you already – well, I guess you could be able oh, yeah. to. <laughs> you I'll be at the – I'm at the – I didn't even look. I'm sure I'm at the bottom. Have we decided a league punishment? Have you ever have you ever seen any of the fantasy football league punishments that are going on? I don't know what it is. The, the, well, basically, whoever gets last place gets punished. They have a punishment they have to perform before the next season. The one that I keep seeing pop up – is uh, this guy got last place in his league. He had to spend 24 hours in a Waffle House. Oh, boy. So a full 24 hours, the only way to take time off of the clock was he could take one hour off for every waffle he ate. So he he could sit there Ooh. and eat twenty four waffles and be Ooh. out in a second, be or miserable. you can eat, you know, or you can sit there for twenty four hours straight because they're open twenty four hours. So it was hilarious. He did like a time lapse. I think he ended up being there for like ten or twelve hours, and he was sick of waffles by the end of it. But it was uh, maybe we need to come up with a league punishment. Do they make a kid size waffle? <laughs> that would be. The, and did they did the they loophole. say that you have to have an adult size waffle or a kid size waffle? No, this this is Brad Fike in a nutshell. What loopholes can I find? So that I can really, I can win this game better than than anybody else. Oh, you got to look at the angles, right? Oh, absolutely. Well, I I don't know the whole answer, but we should come up with a league punishment. Maybe if you're listening and you have a really good league punishment you want to offer up for our league, we'll consider it. We'll we'll bring it up on the air and we'll talk about it and see what makes the most sense for us. Yeah, I don't know if I like that or not because I got a pretty high probability that I'm going to be at the bottom. Oh, you're only you've only lost the first week. There's plenty of time. Well, I I don't have a strong team. I need to make some <laughs> trades, and then I know that what this league is like. I'm probably get screwed on the trades. So I'm just going to go with you know I, I'm assuming I'll be at the bottom half. Well, we'll keep everyone updated on what's going on with the Fike family fantasy football. Although it's more than just the Fike family. There's more more younger people in there. We got outliers like, out there. Yeah, it was. It's actually mostly my friends and then you guys yeah <laughs> you got thrown in there you're the you're the salt and pepper on top but yeah we'll keep everyone needed somebody to pick on as well that's right well today we're going to talk about budgeting everyone's favorite topic yeah i mean you know in some fantasy football leagues you got to budget your money right i that's, mean that's ours right. isn't but some of them are so yeah some of them you get like a salary cap and each person you draft has a yeah absolutely you a little can bit budget more like fantasy. reality well 
no one wants to talk about this. Maybe most people looked at this title of this episode already and didn't even download it. You know, there, there might be a handful of them that just go, you know what, I don't even need to waste my time with this one because I don't want to hear about budgeting. Because it's kind of the, it's the boring, dry, at least it has this, this stereotype, just no fun part of being financially responsible. Well, I believe you're, that is a very true statement. I mean, uh, most- It's a bad rap. It does. And- it's it's a disciplinary thing. It's like going on a diet. It's like, you know, only having two beers on a Friday night. It's like I can only have one slice of pizza or right. I have to work out every day. It's that same feeling, it's right? Routine, it's the same emotion. Monotony. Well, sometimes it's how people would put Yeah, absolutely. It's staying disciplined for long periods of time so you can reap the benefits of it. But right. Here's the thing. I, we, we talk about budgeting a lot in our office because we have a lot of younger clients in their 20s and their 30s who are just getting started in their career and they're trying to save some money. They're trying to figure out how to pay off, whether it's their student loans or some of their you know debts that they accrued uh, before they started budgeting, like credit cards or things like that. So we have that conversation a lot. But what most people don't realize is that you need to budget as much in your 60s and 70s and 80s in your retirement as you do in your 20s and 30s and 40s when you're starting your career and your family. So I think a lot of people kind of throw it out the window once they start earning enough money and they don't have to worry about it. And I'm doing quotation marks with my fingers. They don't have to worry about their budget. They stop budgeting. They stop thinking about it. Well, then what ends up happening is their emotions start deciding what they're buying. I think that's the biggest thing with budgets is what budgets do is they, they put some guardrails up so you don't just make emotional decisions with your pocketbook every single day of the year. Right. And also... You know, and this is true as a retiree who's, okay, I've budgeted all my, let's say somebody who's been budgeting, budgeted all my life and now I'm retired, so I should be able to just enjoy life. And uh, in most cases, those kind of people are not big spenders, so they do stay within their limits. But it's still very important at that stage to at least review it once every year or two to make sure you're staying in line and not doing silly stuff, right? Sure. And we have a lot of we have a lot of clients who when we when we say budget they cringe but what they really don't realize is that all we're talking about is just a spending plan. It doesn't have to be all, the Dave Ramsey every dollar and cent is accounted for. It just has to be some general ideas of hey, these are the numbers we're going to live by. Especially the retirees who are getting in a lot of cases some sort of fixed income. I'm only getting $2,500 a month out of my investments, and then another $1,500 a month from my Social Security. Those are the two things that are coming in. I have to budget. I have to have some sort of guardrails up so I don't go over that amount, or now I'm starting to draw extra from my investments or extra from my emergency fund or things like that. I think it's it's more of just naming these things, and the more, the more granular and specific you get and detailed you get in a budget, the more powerful the budget can be. But that doesn't mean that everyone needs a dollar for dollar budget. I don't think I'm not one of those believers. I don't think you are either. No, I, I, I agree with you. And I think the other thing that comes out of not budgeting is and if you're making a, a decent amount of money, if you and your wife are bringing a fair amount of money in or you are a high roller with, you know, a lot of money coming in, mm-hmm. usually they're the ones that don't want to budget. But then that creates a long term unhappiness. Because what I'm doing is I'm working harder and harder and harder to make more money because I never budgeted. 
and I just keep spending and I have the money and I have the ability to work harder or whatever, you never have enough money. You know what I'm saying? So this kind of feeds from the non-budget world where I just keep creating more money because I'm successful and I just keep spending more money. I have bigger stuff and more stuff, but then I never have enough. And so therefore I'm never really happy or satisfied in life. Right. I mean, we run into this, some of our higher income people, right? Well, and I just, uh, I watched an interview with a, with a guy, he's a, he's a private company owner of a business that does about 80 or $90 million in revenue a year. So bigger business is still considered a small business, which blows my mind, but it's a bigger business and he's earning well into the seven figures, millions of dollars a year in his salary. And he was talking about how Early on, and he's in his late 30s now, so he's a younger entrepreneur, but early on he said, I would just blow money right and left. I was buying drinks for everybody at the bar. I was buying you know, whatever my wife wanted from Gucci or Louis Vuitton or whatever the big luxury brand is. He says, we were just blowing through money. He says, and it was great. So, but then I ran into a point to where we had all the things that we wanted, but I was still making all this money. And he realized how unhappy he was with all that. He said, one of the best things I ever did was set up a spending plan, and that's what he called it, but I'm going to call it a budget, set up a budget. And then what he did was he allowed himself to say, this is what I need to live on, gave himself some stability and foundation. And then everything else above and beyond this, I'm going to use this to give to other people. Now, that doesn't mean that nice. he's just giving out and writing checks right and left, but it's things like, hey, this is an organi- organization I believe in. I have the funds because I know I can survive in my very luxurious lifestyle on three or $400,000 a year. Well, that gives me another $1.4 million to give away this year. And so what he ended up doing was instead of just spending it all on himself, he was able to focus on how do I be a better version of myself by setting some boundaries on this and then gifting this in other ways. And I thought that was a really cool story from him. Now, most of our listeners, if not all of our listeners, are not sitting on multiple million dollar salaries. That's uh, that's pretty rare, right? A guy who, right. or a, a girl who runs an 80, 90 million dollar company, there's not a, a ton of them out there. But the idea is still the same. Whether it's you are you live on 60 or $70,000 a year, but you earn 120 as a family. How do you decide what you prioritize in that? And that's really what a budget does is it sets up and says, these are my priorities. I'm prioritizing my mortgage because I need a house to live in. I'm prioritizing my grocery bill. I'm prioritizing whatever it is. And you can even put in some things in there that are not necessities, things that you want, like entertainment, like we really love to go to concerts or we like to travel or whatever that thing is. But you are setting those priorities up front so that you are making and planning around those priorities so that you can follow through with them rather than showing up one day and going, boy, I really like to travel, but we just have no savings. We just can't afford to do a a $2,500 trip to wherever it is. And well, that's because you haven't prioritized that in your budget. You haven't set aside money and chosen to give up other things to get that. Right. And I've seen the uh, newfound wealth spending habits. When you uh, start making real money, then you just start buying everything that you've mm-hmm. always wanted. But what it does is it just accelerates the need for more money. Very true. And uh, in, in this case, what the guy you're talking about, I don't know anything about it, but uh, the or about him is that, you know, he's making way, way massive amounts of money. Mm-hmm. Then there really has to be some kind of control there mentally, or you will go nuts because you're just 
It's crazy. But right. if you're an average Joe that goes from making 150000 a year now making four or 500000 a year, you got a lot of spendable money, especially if you live around here. Sure. So that's when you start buying the, you know, the loaded up Suburbans and you buy the big house and you buy the toys and uh, then you get to the point where you've bought everything. But after a while, you start to go, you know, I really need to start focusing on putting some money away, not right. just, you know, blowing it. Because you think forever and ever that you're going to make that four or $500,000 a year. Sure. There may be a, a complete change in your life. I call them curveballs. Comes out mm-hmm. from the left side and hits you right upside the head. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you lost that four or five hundred thousand dollar job. You got all these toys, but you never really packed any money away. Right. And I've seen that many, many times over the years that I've done stuff. So. Well, and I, I think too, a lot of the issues that people have with budgets is they they idolize their money. And this is this is goes down to a lot of deeper issues that we talk about with our clients a lot, but don't get to really talk too much about on this podcast. We generally breeze over it. But the idea is that if you are so focused on your money and getting more of it and spending more of it and using it to get the things that you really feel like are a major priority in your life, but you've never really done, gone through the the exercise of saying, what is my true purpose for my money? You know, money's a tool. So what, what am I really purposing this for? This is a resource. It's not, it's not my identity. It's not who I am. But what am I going to do with this resource to be more of the person that I want to be? And that's hard to really look at yourself and decide those things. And a lot of people don't want to do a budget because they just think, well, if I just earn more money, I don't need a budget. I can just, and now all of a sudden you're chasing the wind of the money and you never really get to boil down to the reason of why am I even chasing this? And like you say, a lot of times people arrive there they get all the toys, they get all the stuff, and they realize, well, I'm not really happy with this. Well, it's because you were just chasing the money, you finally got to it, and then you realize, man, this isn't as rewarding as I thought it was. Or you want more. I yeah, mean, you or, know. or yeah. And then you want more, and you want more, and you want more. And you're you never, never happy. You never have that true purpose for the money. And that is a key thing to bring up right there, is the true purpose for money. So. Yeah, and people need to focus. And, and, and so I'm going to say to our listeners, and really I'm talking to myself, because um, Tori and I were just... Uh, joking a couple months ago with all this inflation stuff going on, our old budget from the last time we did a budget was in 2020. That's out the window. I mean, our grocery bill is 50 to $60 more a trip for the same exact stuff that we were getting a year ago. So we were joking. We were saying, man, we really need to focus on maybe redoing this whole budget thing. So for our listeners, I'm going to invite you guys to take that challenge of saying, just take a look at your stuff. Whether it's going through your bank statement, if you're a debit card user or write checks still or anything like that, and just categorizing everything and saying, okay, this goes in this category, this one goes here, adding things up and having a general idea of, okay, this is about how much I'm going to spend. Or I'm going to attach a, uh, a Excel sheet to this podcast in the show notes. You can go down there, click that link, download the Excel sheet. It does all the adding and the math for you. You just need to go find the numbers for the last month, plug them into each one of the categories. It does all the math. You can plug in your income and kind of see where your budget lands if you want to get real granular. But either way, I'm going to challenge you guys that you should really try that because it is a eye-opening experience. I think um, my wife and I both have said many a times when we look at that budget, we go, well, I didn't realize I spent that much at Amazon. Or, boy, I didn't know we ate out so much. You know, I didn't know we went to the, you know, city square 
four times last month, or I didn't know we ordered pizza every week last last month. It's just those things sneak up on you when life is happening so fast. So you put a budget together, you can kind of start to see, all right, these are the things we got to start saying no to so that we can say yes to these other things down the road. Yeah, I just, uh, it's funny that you bring that up because I was just looking at credit card bills because I pay most everything on credit cards. I still have a few things I have to write a check for, or I have a fair amount of automatic drafts out of the checking. But most of my, I guess I would call it spendable money that I just use to go out to eat or just buy whatever I want, you Mm -hmm. know, which is a largest part of our budget, actually. (laughs) And so I was looking at the credit card bills and I'm like, wow. I owe this much this month on, I have basically two different credit cards I use for Mm -hmm. different purposes. And I'm like, that seems like a huge difference. So I had to go back and look and see if something changed. And then I went back through the last six months and they have been creeping up. I mean, a lot. And I'm like, holy crap. No wonder things seem tighter. My checkbook doesn't seem to be as full. Right. Because I have those automatically paid out of the checkbook then. Sure. I go, I need to relook at what's you know, what needs to go. And there's probably stuff in there that I have on automatic draft or subscriptions of things that are just eating away at it and have gone up in cost. And you're like, well, I don't really use them anymore. So it does, it really makes a lot of sense to go back and analyze it and go in deep and, and look and see each item. Do I really use this anymore? Is it necessary? Can I just drop it? Because everything's going up. It's crazy. Well, you said this in our inflation episode when we talked about it, that the only way to stop inflation is for all of us to stop spending money. True. Well, the funny thing is, is that a lot of people haven't realized or felt inflation yet because they do the similar thing to you. Maybe they use a credit card for all their expenses. That's what I do. And you're starting to feel it over the last three or four months. I was just talking to a couple that came to our office and I was, and they said, man, we've been actually taking from savings to pay off our monthly bills because things are getting more expensive. And I thought, how, how can you just, how can that happen? And then I realized over time, the creep happens. And I, I, we're, I don't know if that's a term I need to start coining, but it's called the, the credit card creep. There you it's, go. It's I like com- this. It's coming up. We got a new topic. The triple C, the credit card creep. But I mean, really, if you start looking back over the last six to eight months, I would imagine that whatever your spending was, if you have lived the same lifestyle and haven't made any decisions that cut back, you're seeing that inflation hit your pocketbook. Now, maybe you make enough income to where it doesn't affect your lifestyle. But for a lot of people, especially in our area, your income is pretty tight. You don't have 40 or 50% of extra you know, gross income to just throw around and say, oh, inflation doesn't bother me. Most people are saying, man, I make 50, 60, 70K a year as a family, and so an 8% you know, inflation rate from a year ago, that's a lot. That cost me a couple thousand dollars that I can't put into savings or I can't invest. And so you really need to take a look at that credit card creep. Credit card creep. I like <laughs> it because you know what happens in credit cards. You put the auto pay on so you don't have to worry about it. And uh, every once in a while, you just glance at stuff, but you never really pay attention to it. And that's, right. that is the, that is a true credit card creep. I like credit it. Credit card creep. Well, we'll have to start I think we got a new title here. I think so. Uh, and, and hopefully it's not your title. You're not the credit card creep. It's just that. That's or the is. credit card creeper. <laughs> the guy who's stealing credit cards. That sounds like. Or creeping the PIN numbers and then, you know, running them up for people. Yeah. I like that. Credit card creeper. There's that sounds one. like a adult version of a Scooby-Doo episode <laughs> yeah. where they're chasing the credit card creeper. But 
Anyway, long story short, I'm going to attach a budget. It's an Excel sheet. It's really easy to use. Just plug it in there. All the equations are built in. So as soon as you put in a number, it does the math for you. I can't make it any easier on you other than if I took your bank statement and plugged it in for you. Now, what you should do is get your bank statement or your credit card statement, or if you're a cash spender, for the next month, start collecting your receipts wherever you spend cash and mark on that receipt which one is which and so you know what's going on and start to take a look at your budget. I know we tell clients right before retirement, really take a look at your last six months of spending, maybe even your last year of spending, just to get a good idea of the things that may come up only once a year. You know, property taxes, if they aren't already a part of your mortgage, they only happen a couple times a year. Um, so things like that, that aren't always going to be in every monthly budget, you need to consider those as well when you're looking at budgets. But overall, you should really take a look because inflation's here. It's not going anywhere fast. As we just saw with the last inflation report, it bumped back up a little bit. So I don't think it's going anywhere quick. So we really need to take a long-term look at our budgets and say, what can we do to combat this? Otherwise, we're going to find ourselves two, three, four years down the road really hurting whether we didn't save enough for retirement or we spent more in retirement than what we should have. So again, take a look at those statements. Take a look at your budget and start thinking about that. Any final thoughts from you, Brad? No, I, I have always been, I, I know you look a little shorter term, but I'm a one to two year, last two years, if you can go through all that stuff. For the budgets? Yeah, because you're going to have a refrigerator or four tires, which I got news this morning I got to buy. You know, things like that. You have to leave that in your budget because those are curveballs that will hit you, you know, maybe once a year, but still you need to allow that, put that in your budget right. so that, you know, I might be drawing $10 or $20 a month represented by that uh, per year, but that's extra money that is there for the, for the sole purpose of when the next emergency does come along. And most people have an emergency fund if you're doing it right, but there's right. some people who don't. So I always make sure that that's added into the budget. And that's why I always like to go back two years. It's a little more difficult, but it you know it takes a little more time. Yeah, well, absolutely. So maybe take it a little bit longer, a year, two years, whatever it is. Really just take a long look at your finances because inflation's not going anywhere. So you should really start to anchor in and say, what do I need to do to combat this long term? doesn't mean that you have to stop putting money in your retirement account. And it doesn't mean that you have to give up on the idea of retiring in the next year or two. It just means that you might have to make some tough decisions of, hey, these things that I wanted, I'm not going to be able to get them anymore. I'm going to have to stick with the things that I need. I thought this the other day is, you know, Financial situations aren't going to get any easier going for the next few decades, period, for sure. life, actually. It's not going to get any easier. It's going to get harder. And the only way to make it easier, even though it's still going to get harder, the only way to make it easier is to do some budgetry and find some way to stay within the guardrails. Just stay disciplined. Yes. All right. Well, if you guys need some help with stuff like this, we, we will help you along the way if you're a client uh, with your budget. If you have some questions about budgeting, you should definitely just download this PDF that's going to be attached in the show notes. It's a great starter. If you go through it and you come up with some numbers, you go, man, I have... 50 bucks a month that I want to start putting away in some sort of retirement fund, give us a call. You know, you can head over to our website, uh, fikeadvisors.com, click the schedule now button. You can call our office, 330-264-1100. Schedule a time to go over that. Talk through the budget. See what makes sense. Maybe you need an objective eyeball that says, boy, you're spending a lot in this category. You know, it may hurt to hear that, yeah, you're going to have to cut back on the eating out or the, or the spending on entertainment, but 
It may you may need an objective person to say that, and we'd be happy to sit down and tell you, man, this looks a little high compared to what you're, you're earning income wise. So take a look at those things. FikeAdvisors.com. Schedule now button if you want to schedule an appointment. Completely free. Doesn't cost you anything. Just to sit down and have a consultation. And one last thing. I mean fantasy football right it's the big deal it's what's going on so we'll keep you guys posted on what's going on in our league definitely happy that i won sorry that you lost oh, mom painful. said she won she was pretty fired up oh, yeah. and she was on she was on the edge of her seat because she had to wait for monday night football so right well anyway guys we'll talk to you here in the next episode have a good rest of your week Investment advisory services provided by Fike Advisors, LLC. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Please consult a professional before taking any action. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed.